thank you so much. <laughs> Good morning, church. I want to welcome everybody to the church, especially the first-time visitors. You might be thinking, what is going on? But this is family. You know, in family, we pray together, we eat together. So we just want to welcome you. And uh, if you could be so kind as to put your details on that little contact form that you got when you, when you came in and just drop it in, in the box. We would really appreciate that so much. Okay. Um, I want to give a quick testimony because uh, uh, it's now time for tithes and offerings. Just want to quickly remind you, the church has made it super easy for everybody to give unto the church. You can do the traditional thing um, in the baskets. Amen. Nothing wrong with that. Give cash, checks, all those good things. But there's also, um, through the Lifehouse app, um, Pushpay, the QR code, all these wonderful things on the website as well. So that makes it super easy to give unto the church. So I just want to give a quick testimony. You know, when, when we came to Canada in 2017, um, God gave me favor in terms of a job. Within two weeks, I found a job after landing. Amen. So where I was at, single income family, and, you know, things were a little bit tight, I'll, I'll be honest with you. But I was reminded by the word of God that says in Luke 6 verse 38, Give and it will be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Amen. How many of you know that when you give unto God, you can never outgive God? Amen. And I gave unto God. Hallelujah. And then the next thing, I, I, I grew in stature at work. God gave me once again favor. And the word of God came to me once again in Matthew 7 verse 7. And it says that, ask and it will be given unto you. Amen. Knock and it will be open. I'm paraphrasing. But I want to say, ask and it will be given unto you. And I had boldness and favor in the Lord Jesus Christ. So much so that when I went to my manager, when we had our recent performance evaluation, I said, based on the word of God that tells me that I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I took authority and I said, I would like a raise. Hallelujah. My manager, wide-eyed, looked at me and said, almost preposterously, how can you... Ask this. You are in a very good position. But we are children of God. Hallelujah. How many of you know that we can ask? And it will be given unto us. Hallelujah. So anyway, I got my performance review. Got my letter back. When I looked at the percentage, I could give God all the praise. 9.6% increase. That is what God... That is... Let me tell you. That is supernatural. Hallelujah. Because nothing is too hard for God. Hallelujah. Nothing is too hard for God. God almost gave me a tithe back in my increase. How do you like that? And I give God all the praise. I don't boast in myself, but I boast in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And then the word of God came to me once again in Malachi 3 verse 10. And it says that, For bring in the whole tithe into the storehouse, so that there may be room in the house. Amen. So that all the money can come into the house. Hallelujah. And the word of God says that test me in this. If I will not open up the heavens of God, the, the, the windows of heaven, I'm paraphrasing, 
so that there will not be enough store room in your house. Hallelujah. I just wanted to encourage everybody with that. If the, um, I know I was a little bit excited. I give God the praise. If the, uh, the ushers can come. Hallelujah. We just want to pray. Lord, we thank you, Father, for your favor, for your increase, Lord. Lord, and we pray, Father, if there's anybody that is uh, seeking after you to, for favor and increase, Father, let it be so, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, Father, so that there can be room in the house, Father, so that there can be space in life house, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Father. Bless these offerings, these tithes, Lord, in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, also on the offer baskets, um, there's a prayer request. You can fill out prayer requests. There's a dedicated team that gets together every week, um, and they pray about these things. Hallelujah. It's strictly confidential. They make the petition unto God, and we've already seen some, some favor and some, some, some change in that. Hallelujah. The next thing I want to tell you about is the supernatural uh, conference next week. It's about raising up spiritual mothers and fathers, and that's uh, Stephen Marcy Fish. And James will give a little bit more detail. But there's still opportunity. If you haven't registered, I want to remind you, register on the link. There's Facebook. There's the email that came out, the newsletter. Register on that link. There's still some space, and James will give some more details. And I wanted to call up, is it Lamar, who's going to talk to us about the uh, Young Adults Retreat? Actually, we're going to have to no? skip that one. We're just way out of time. <laughs> so, sorry, Very Lamar. Nice. Next. <laughs> Amen. Sorry. We just literally, uh, we got very little time left, and I want to, uh, just in terms of that retreat, I know what they need. They need to know if you're coming. So, young adults. Young adults, they need to know if you're coming. So, if you are on the fence, if you don't know, if you got a, are wanting to come, if you've got questions about it, speak to Lamar. Lamar, jump up. Wave your hand so everyone can see you. There is Lamar. Come and talk to Lamar. But we've got to know because right now there's only like two or three people registered. We either have got to cancel it if people don't want to go or, or they need to know that you're committing. So, don't do the, I'm not sure, I'm waiting for a better thing to come up thing. It will be canceled if you're doing that. But if, you are, if you're wanting to go, if you're wanting to spend time with others, then talk to Lamar. And if you've got suggestions, yeah, just talk to Lamar. Talk to Lamar. <laughs> yeah? So, in terms of the prophetic conference next week, we have got more people coming than we can fit on Faulkner, which is great. Amazing problem to have. So, you know... We, we've moved it to Vista because we can accommodate more people there. Um, do register just that way we have an idea of numbers. But if for whatever reason you forget to register and you want to come, you can still come. Or if you have a neighbor or someone you want to bring, you can still bring them. The, we needed to know numbers to have an idea of how many people were coming. Um, and we do know and we know we don't fit on Faulkner. So that's good great problem to have. It's going to be an incredible weekend. Stephen Marcy will be ministering here next Sunday as well. But you're going to be growing in, in the understanding of the prophetic, the using of it, and especially understanding it in the context of its vital role in us raising up spiritual mothers and fathers, which comes into this whole thing of discipleship that we're talking on, and I'm going to talk on today, and I'm going to do it in 10 minutes. Now, you know, 
don't walk away and go, we didn't feel well fed. You're going to feel really, you know, I, man, Francois, he's like, a, you know, clearly got an anointing to, uh, to preach there, eh? We'll have to get him up here soon. And, uh, but we're going to have lots of food physically here today, but also this week spiritually. I think I'm going to ask you just to be really praying this week into next weekend that we, we don't really go, go in going, hey, we want to accomplish this. We've had to give a general thing, but we, we want God to do what God wants to do through this weekend in people's lives. And that's the mandate I've given Stephen Marcy is like, hey, if you totally change direction because Jesus wants us to do that, that's okay. We want to encounter God. But they're still working within that framework of, of we've given them unless God changes the plan. Because at the end of the day, we're disciples of Jesus and we're raising up disciples of Jesus. Uh, but really be praying into next weekend as well. Pray into Friday, Friday from 10 till 2. We have got church leaders, some coming from Buffalo, some coming from Ontario, um, uh, some from around here that are coming just to gather with Steve and Marcy, just to be ministered to and imparted by them. So if you can be praying into that time as well. Lastly, we're going to need some helping hands just because we've had to move the dolphin. We've got to do a setup over there um, at six o'clock on Friday. So if we've got people that can help with that, if you can talk to Lee or Sinet, uh, just so we can get some people, we just need some people to help with putting out chairs, things along those lines. 10-minute preach. You know, Ashish gave an incredible message last week. I got the opportunity to listen to it. Man, absolutely incredible. And anyone that's known Ashish for a period of time, the growth in your life, Ashish, is a testament to the fact that you are a disciple of Jesus. You know, and, and that he's chosen. Yes. Ashish has not only chosen to sit at the feet of Jesus, but, you know, being on the eldership team, every time I've suggested, hey, we need to study this, we need to look at this, we need to do this, he does it and goes above and beyond it. Like he said to you last week, oh, when we first brought up discipleship, I didn't know a whole lot about it, so we went and studied and read books that I'd recommended and far beyond those books that I recommended so that he would be a man worthy and approved to get up and speak this week. He didn't do it because he was getting up and speaking, but he wanted to understand where we're going. And I, this thing of us being disciples is so important. This scripture will say over and over in the next little bit, and it's Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, and it says, and Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Now, Jesus said that at the end of his earthly ministry. He'd already died. He'd risen again. He's speaking this to his disciples before he ascends to heaven. It's one of the last things he says to them that's recorded. I don't want to, I'm going to turn us to Matthew 11. Because that's what he says at the end. He says, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. They'd had three and a half years of walking with Jesus. Of being with Jesus. Of watching what he did, of doing what he did, of walking alongside him. Like Ashish taught us last week. In that culture, you sought out a rabbi. You moved in with the rabbi. You were, 
you were taught by and you learned their life and how to emulate them. Jesus didn't leave us alone. He told us that he was giving us the Holy Spirit that would continue to teach us. While we physically do not have Jesus in, in, in bodily form with us, we've got something even better. We've got the Holy Spirit. We have access to God, Father, Son, and Spirit through the Holy Spirit. So our teacher is still Jesus. It's still Jesus. Our, the people that we are to be disciples of is Jesus. Which means we are to learn to be like Jesus. To think like Jesus. To act like Jesus. Our character is to be transformed like Jesus. We're to operate in the power that Jesus operated in. And it's not that we pick and choose. So it's not that we go, well, I like the idea of operating in power, but I don't like the idea of my character being changed. And it's not like, well, I like the idea of being blessed, but I don't like the idea of him being the king and actually determining what my life looks like. You see, those disciples, they had to give up everything. We see that in, in the Gospels, right? Jesus, the ones that walked intimately with him for those three and a half years of earthly ministry, they literally dropped everything to follow him. Matthew, the tax collector, walks away from his tax booth. You know, Simon and his brother, they, they walk away from their fishing boats. Others, he calls, and they come and they go and they follow him. Here's the thing. When we give our life to Jesus, when we say we want to be disciples of Jesus, and that's what Christianity is. There is nowhere in the Bible where it says you say a prayer and now... Now you're a Christian. You know, it's a wrong understanding. It's bad theology. It says we decide that Jesus to fall, become disciples of Jesus. He didn't send his disciples out. He didn't send those that have been with him out and say, go get people to pray a prayer so that they will be saved. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. Disciples. He means he wants the, those that follow him to be like him, to act like him, to have his character, to know his ways, to know his words, to operate in his power. And discipleship has been missing, as Ashish talked about from the church for so long, and it's why the church is in the state that it is today. And I'm talking about the church in general. And it's why God's awakening us here at Life as in, and in many places and saying, we've got to be disciples of Jesus. And discipleship, it looks like something. Oh, I love it when I can read it from there. That's good. When technology fails. Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. Jesus says this incredible thing to those that are following him. He says... He's, it's just after John the Baptist has sent his disciples to Jesus. John's in jail. He's about to be killed. He's about to be beheaded. And it's like, are you really, are you really the one? Was I wrong? Are you actually the Messiah? And Jesus just responds to them and it's like, hey, the gospel's being preached to the poor. People are being healed. This is happening. This is happening. Basically lists off the things that it says in Isaiah the Messiah will do. 
and sends the disciples back to John. And, and after that encounter, he, he, makes, he says these words. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The way that Jesus' yoke is easy and burden is light on us is if we learn from him. If we take on religion, it puts a big weight on us. That was the problem with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They, they had religion. They didn't have a relationship. And so they just had a whole lot of rules. And it's not that Jesus doesn't have commands. It's actually his commands are not burdensome, but they're a whole lot more extreme than any of the commands of the Old Testament. Because they actually say, your heart has to change. But then he says, you know, it's like, hey, it's not that you can't murder someone. You can't even have an angry thought in your heart, he says. And when we read that through the eyes of religion, we're like, oh my goodness, well, I had an angry thought, and we're freaked out, and we are... And we're trying in our own strength and our own ability to change. But Jesus didn't say, in your, you've got the ability to change. If we had the ability to change, the law would have changed us. What he sa did for us is he reconnected us. He reminded us that we are eternal spiritual beings. You know, we're unending. It's not about, when we give our life to Jesus, it reminds us that we're, we, we live forever. Are we going to live forever in hell? Or are we going to live forever with him? But we live forever. We're eternal spiritual beings. That it's not just about this life. There's something way bigger than the little blop of time that we have, blip of time we have here. There's so much more than that. We're eternal spiritual beings. And he reminds us as well that what he's done is he's came and given us a way to be reconnected with the source of all life, with his Father, with him, with the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit. And he paves the way for us to be, to be connected, not by our own ability or strength, but by him, but by him. And that when we spend time with him, we change. But we've got to be willing to make this exchange. Not it's that exchange that we see talked about of the old self coming on and a new self. That exchange that says, I drop everything and I follow Jesus. And it's so important. I was saying, you know, in the baby dedication today, and this is a really tough thing for us as parents. I'm, I'm a parent now. I've got a 15-year-old. Not my will for his life. God's will. But many of us still are not actually living for, under the expectations of God. We're living under expectations of our family, our spouse, what society says. We're just following the pattern of the way things are supposed to be. Because we don't want to drop 
our fishing boats and nets or whatever it is that we have to drop and the expectations and go, well, I may disappoint these people, but at the end of the day, it's not about whether I disappoint these people. It's about whether I live for Jesus. And it's our hearts changing, our attitudes changing. It's going, I am not living for what the world offers anymore. I'm living for him, his priorities, his ways. He gets to determine the circumstances of my life, unless I'm the one trying to control them. And because he's gentle and humble of heart, he will not force it out of your hands. He doesn't come and go, you gave my life to you and now I'm going to send these angels and they're going to grab hold of you and they're going to make sure that you get frog marched into the life that I have for you. We have free will and choice every step of the way. We have a choice to learn from him or to not to learn from him. We have a choice to live for him or to not live for him. But there's this desperate need for us, for the sons and daughters of God to arise, for us to choose discipleship with Jesus over what the world offers to us, what we thought life should be, the expectations of the world, and to choose discipleship of Jesus, to choose to learn from him, to choose to submit to him, to say, God, not my will from yours. I want to learn. The scriptures, all scripture is God-breathed. But we've got to, as disciples, know Jesus' words. And not just know them so that we can memorize them and quote them. But when we read the book of Matthew, when we read the Sermon on the Mount, that we read these words and go, that's what I'm supposed to look like. And like we're at the same thing. It says, hey, you know, the law says you shouldn't murder, but I say you can't even be angry at your brother and sister and go, okay, Lord, change my heart because that's how I want to live and how I want to be. And when it says, you know, if this part, something in your life causes you to sin, cut it off. I mean, again, you're not supposed to go and maim your hand and poke out your eye. It's a metaphoric symbol, but it says get rid of anything in your life that is going to keep you from living in what I have for you. Get rid of anything in your life that is causing you to sin. Because, not because God's there to punish you, but because the very nature of that thing will keep you from living in everything that God has. Those things keep us from being the disciples that we're meant to be. Are we perfect? No. But there's this desperate need for us to reprioritize our lives. There's way too many people in the kingdom that are still living for themselves and they're fooling themselves into believing they're living for Jesus. And that thing in scripture should scare us where it says, many will say and do these things in my name and then they'll knock on the door and I'll go, I do not know you. We cannot live for ourselves and believe we are disciples of Jesus. They're incompatible things. There was only one call. Come and follow me. And so I say this to us, to, to I don't know what the right word. I want to say encourage, but I know it's not so encouraging. To shake us to shake us and go, what are we prioritizing? You know, I've got to reassess things on a daily basis. We all, this thing of God, God are, am I living for you? Am I living for you? 
because it's so easy to live for the world. We're surrounded by it. We live in a culture, 97% of the things, all the media you listen to, if you listen to the radio, if you watch TV, if you do those things, I'm not saying they're bad, but the world is then is telling you those priorities. If those have greater influence on your, if those have, you have greater exposure to that than you do to the Bible and to Christianity, guess what's, you've got this competition. There's this competition. And I say that because I know there's times where God is like, you are watching way too much TV. Your TV time and your, and your time with me are completely out of proportion. I'm like, yeah, I got to change that. But it's where we're like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. And we don't have time for one another. We don't have time for God. We don't have time to prioritize the kingdom. And we wonder why we're not living in what he has. God is not there to to bless our life and our plans. We are blessed and we find that easy yoke and we find that life that he has for us as we submit to him and say, God, not your will, not my will, but your will. Not my will, but your will. I want to learn from you. The world wants you to learn from it. You know, parents, our kids every day are learning from the world. We've got to prioritize them. Youth ministry, kids ministry will not undo the eight hours a day that they're spent in the world. You know, we've got to, as parents, go, we've got to prioritize how we shape our kids' lives. How we shape our kids' lives. I want to encourage you, parents, if you have youth, bring them to Stephen Marcy. If you weren't planning to come and you've got youth, reprioritize your life and get them there. Seriously. And I say, well, why are you saying things that strongly, James? Because I don't know if we're all going, if we have one more day or if we've got another thousand years, but we've got to prioritize our lives so that our kids can. The amount of times, man, I've, got, I've lived long enough now where I've got people, friends with adult kids, and they're like, well, why are my kids not following Jesus? Because they're not. Their priorities are no different than most of the, their, all their friends who are in the world, except they go to church on Sunday, and they wonder why their kids aren't following Jesus. We've got to. We've got to choose to be disciples. We've got to choose Jesus and say, you know, be in a life group. Be connected. Don't say, my goodness, please, don't say to me or anyone else, oh, if you're not in a life group, if you're not prioritizing your life around community, if you feel excluded, you've chosen to be excluded. You've excluded yourself. You need to adjust. You have to change. It's not about the community changing for you. It's, about, it's not about going, well, God, this isn't working for me. It doesn't fit my priorities. God's like, maybe your priorities should change then to my priorities. We've, we've got to follow Jesus. I'm not even going to say change this world. The outcome of us following Jesus is the world will change. The world will change. But we can't live one foot in the world and one foot in, in the kingdom. And it, Jesus says, I spit you out of my mouth when you do that. 
He doesn't, he doesn't give us this option of, you know what, God, I'm going to live for my priorities and my way and worldly things, and that's okay because I prayed this prayer and I'm saved. Jesus is like, there's nothing in Scripture that says that. Nothing. He says, there's, there's no call about praying a prayer. There's a call to being one call, one call only, be disciples of Jesus. That's it. It's it. And so we're going to be celebrating with this amazing meal. I, let's enjoy one another. Sorry, the reason I'm tongue-tied is that I know that I'm meant to pray for people to be healed. So if you need healing, I'm going to invite you to come up to the front as we line up for lunch. You know, we'll pray for you. If there's others that have feel in faith to be praying for people that need to be healed, we want to do that for people today. We have an amazing meal laid out. We're going to enjoy one another, enjoy celebrating this feast together. But Lord, I just pray. I just want to pray for each one of us, God, as I've, as I've spoken with passion, that we would allow you to show us areas of our life where we need to change so that your priorities are our priorities. That your priorities are our priorities. And that we can, we can follow you. We can follow you and live in everything you have. Jesus, you told us that the kingdom is a pearl of great price and that we should be willing to sell everything for it. If following you and your kingdom doesn't hold that in our hearts, would you help us? Where we need a greater revelation and a greater understanding, help us so that we can live in the fullness of who we're meant to be in you. Amen. Love you all. Have, let's have an amazing lunch together. If you need healing, please come on up to the front.